Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Jolenta. Hey, Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by the fucking subtle fucking art of not giving a fucking fuck. So you know what that means. It's time for another fucking by the book mini episode. right. It's time for another Buy the Book epilogue. This week, we're talking about the aftermath of living by Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And you all had a lot to say about this book. Very true. So uh, as some of you know, we ended up not giving much of a fuck (laughs) about this book. So just to be contrary, let's hear from someone who disagrees with us. Yes. Beatrix wrote in to say, Hey, Jalenta and Kristen, I have to say that I had a totally different experience reading the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Of course, a lot of things were realizations that people should have early in their lives and are based on common sense, but we don't live in a world where everybody is wise on his or her own or gets tons of therapy. So I thought you were a bit judgmental in the way you diminished his learnings. The part about shitty values, not caring about what other people think, not being liked, etc., I have heard it before. Still, the book intensified that message for me. A good friend of mine stepped over her body shame and went to the gym for the first time in 10 years after reading this book. I recommend it to all friends and family that seem to set the wrong priorities in life and would need some food for thought in order to live a happier life, especially women that doubt themselves or put too much emphasis on what they believe other people think of them. Beatrix, thank you so much for your letter. And you know what? You were not alone. We heard from several other people who also had a lot of great things they gleaned from this book. Um, Let's hear from another one of them. 
Colleen on Facebook wrote us to say, I was familiar with Mark Mance's blog before I read the book. As for the book, I read a totally different message with regard to embracing uncertainty. In economics, there's a very important distinction between risk and uncertainty. I tried to avoid risk at all costs, but was actually avoiding uncertainty. If I couldn't predict the results, I didn't do it. After reading this book, I'm back in college and using a secured line of credit rather than student loans. There is so much uncertainty going back to school, and I don't have a damn fuck to give about the results. I'm doing my best, 15 years older than everyone, and knocking it out of the park. And some of the principles of this book were part of that decision. That said, he is privilegy as fuck. I guess I'm just used to parsing through white male bullshit to get the true value of the message I need to hear. Well, first of all, Colleen, congratulations for going back to school. That's Yay. phenomenal. Yes. And we're so happy for you. We hope that you finish your program and all the great things you want to happen make it worth all the uncertainty and the risk that you're taking right now. Yeah. But as for the privilege stuff, I think, Jolenta, you had some thoughts I on that. I have some thoughts. I have some <laughs> thoughts. I see what you guys are saying. And I truly love what the book has done for you. Like, it is great. And you're right. The message of the book is very reasonable if you can get past some of the blaring unconscious bias in Manson's persona. Here is my qualm. Isn't his persona why I'm supposed to like this book and why his advice is so popular? Why should I have to overlook parts of it that are super alienating to women who, by the way, make up like 70% of the people buying self-help books? Mm. I don't trust the narrator. I could go on forever about how he used to be a famous pickup artist and coach, how his first best-selling book is about getting models to sleep with you. Or I could really go on forever about how he says he is a reformed man, but just nine months ago on his blog, which a lot of you guys told us to check out, he wrote an article called What's Wrong with Feminism? It is so factually incorrect, it makes me want to rip all of my skin off. So I could wax poetic all day. Long story short, personally, I give way too many fucks to overlook those aspects of his persona and take his advice. Yeah. I don't even think it's a case of persona. It's a case of you're just a fucking douchebag. I think it's a case of unconscious bias. And I think he's putting some sexism back into the world in the name of advice. And it honestly, like, makes me sad. Yeah. You know how douches are bad for women? Exactly. I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming him for his bias or being born into privilege, but I am blaming him for not being able to see it when he he says he's reformed and then calls a girl a hag, hot Asian girl. Yeah. In that same book. It's not just that he was born into privilege. It's that he's made the deliberate decision to market on his douchiness and Mm -hmm. market on that privilege. He could actually make a decision to be a reformed person. He is not making that decision. I have a secret theory. This is way off script, Kristen. (laughs) But, like, I mean, his message isn't that different from when he was a pickup artist. He didn't change his domain name from when he was a pickup artist. Like, sometimes I wonder if he just transitioned into more general self-help, like, so he could sell more books because he was only targeting like a small portion of the self-help market, male readers with how to sleep with models. Like, yeah. And now he has the other 70% of Oh, now of he readers. has all of us. Yay! Yay! All right. So speaking of hags, Jolenta, we got a letter from Yee with some insights on what it's actually like being called H-A-G, hag or hot Asian girl. Yee writes, 
Thank you, Kristen and Jolenta, for saving me from reading The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It really hit home for me when you discussed the author's account of an encounter with a nameless, quote, hot Asian girl, the only person in the book he refers to by race. Personally, at this stage in my life, I'm finding that nothing annoys me more than being referred to as hot Asian girl. My first boyfriend, who incidentally was white in high school, constantly referred to me as Asian girl, and I didn't realize it until recently how messed up that was. I've even at times internalized the term and called myself Asian girl to other people only to feel bad about myself afterwards. The fact that the author is so cavalier with his usage of hag says a lot about him, so he's not someone I want to take advice from. While I'm sure the book may not be all bad, there are so many others out there that serve guidance without a side of douchery. So yeah, fuck this book. Thank you, Yee. Yes, thank (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for validating us. Yes, thank you. It's not just me and Jolenta who hate that. It's you. It's a lot of other people. So thank you. Thank you so much. And it's something we tend to not bat an eye to even when our boyfriends do stuff like that to our faces. And then we realize down the line, like, oh, we were encouraging, like, some bad systemic shit. Or we were internalizing it and somehow thinking it was okay. Mm -hmm. Even if we weren't trying to perpetuate it, we were treating it like it was okay because somehow we can... You deserve it on some level Yeah, somehow we got convinced along the way that it was okay. It's not okay. Not okay. Okay. And on the subject of race, I loved this letter we got from Tegan, who appreciated when Kristen gave a fuck about Meghan Markle. Tegan says, I love today's podcast. Kristen, I especially loved and appreciated your anger about the guy mansplaining how Meghan Markle is not black enough. I'm multiracial, but I'm very light skinned, so people tend to assume I'm white, unless, strangely enough, they're also a person of color. I have been told there's no way I'm mixed black. I have been told being mixed means I don't have a race. I have been told I shouldn't act or speak in certain ways because I'm not dark enough to get away with it. It drives me crazy when people try to impose on me their personal thoughts on race and what that means about how one should behave. I'm multiracial, and that's how I choose to identify because I love both sides of my heritage. How I choose to act or speak doesn't change that. Thank you for saying this man was wrong to speak that way and that it's nobody's business if someone acts enough like their race. Just Uh, thinking about that conversation again makes me so mad. I don't know how you did it. You're not blank enough. You're not black enough. You're not Asian enough. You're not woman enough. You're not Jewish enough. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up. And treat people like people. Yes. Yes. Treat Meghan Markle like you would your frat brother. You don't give a (laughs) fuck what he does. So just treat Meghan Markle with that same respect. Yes. And everyone else. Yes. All right. Before we go into break. I just want to end on this note because, Jolenta, you and I loved this letter from oh, Mindy. Yes. Mindy, you're great. Mindy writes, but I do give a fuck. I very much do. It's important to give a fuck. Otherwise, you are a serious fucker. This Fight Club happy author is buying into the exact self-help culture that he purports to snide against. If the F word wasn't in the title, no one would ever even buy this book. Yeah, Mindy, I think you're probably Mindy, I tend to share your sentiments. (laughs) Yes, giving a fuck is important. We especially give a fuck here on this show, all of us who work on it, about being intersectional, about acknowledging privilege, about knowing the biases that we have, and trying to actually fix those things, not just try to follow in the footsteps of a guy who's not actually enlightened but claims to be. Yay. Yay. Well, let's take a fucking break real quick. Yeah!
Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. All right, we're back, and it's time to talk about Jolenta's infographic on sexual harassment as explained by Bikes, which he posted on Twitter and on the Facebook community page, and which, just full disclosure, not even biased here, not because I love Jolenta, Uh-oh. but I just think it's like one of the greatest infographics I've ever Thank seen. It is so good. It uses many it stick so figures. so good, Jolenta. I just loved it. I thought Aww. it was so great. And I am not alone. Laura wrote, I actually needed this been feeling guilty because a co-worker was reported for being inappropriate towards me. The infographic is right, though. I don't need comments about how no one will look at my face because my bike tires are so big. Girl. Great. Man. As, As a fellow woman with large tires, you have every right to not feel guilty. This co-worker of yours deserved discipline, mm-hmm. deserves to be corrected, deserves to know better, and you deserve to not have your tires stroked all the time verbally or with eyes or in any other way. You don't deserve that at work. I think it's very good that someone called this guy out and uh, he needs to look at himself and think about why he thinks talking about tires is okay at work. Yeah. We got a lot of letters like that, actually. So many people. I mean, I think the conversation threads were 20, 30, 40 yeah, comments so long in some long. cases. So I love it. Jolenta, people love that infographic. And some of you very kindly pointed out that Jolenta forgot to put her name on it and to take credit for the infographic on her Facebook page. So we swapped out the main image to make sure that her name is in there. So if you share it with anyone else, it will always, from now on, have credit given where credit is due to Jolenta oh, G. Thanks. Yes. Just a reminder, if you haven't seen my infographic and you would like to, check out our Facebook community page. Check out our By the Book Twitter, my Twitter. It is floating around. Uh, I think we have time for one more letter, Kristen. And I really wanted to read one that we got addressed to you from Oliver. Okay, I know this one. Are you ready? I'm going to cry. Okay, I'll read it so you can cry. Okay. Oliver says, Hi, Kristen. In the last episode, it broke my heart to hear that you felt you somehow grieved wrong for the loss of your mother and grandmother. This is something I also felt after losing my mother in my early 20s. It took me more than a decade to regain my footing. These days, though I still have twinges of feeling like I did it wrong, I also have another feeling. Here it is. The unique arc of your grief reflects your unique heart and your unique love for and relationship with the people you lost. Even if your struggles seems longer or harder than other people's, it is the journey you have to make. Regretting it is like pretending to be a different person and denying the enormity of your love for those that you lost. Thank you for such a great podcast and for being so unabashedly who you are. Best, Oliver. Oh, God. I'm getting so fucked. Somebody give me a Kleenex. Oliver. Oliver. That is so 
That's sweet. so beautiful it's and just, so true. It just made me feel, I, I can't even tell you how much that filled my heart, Oliver. I'm getting teary again. I just, I, I need to stop looking at this letter and then read it at home in bed tonight while I cry because it really touched me. You're beautiful and unique, Kristen, and your love and relationship is unique too. And you're allowed to be sad for a billion years and do nothing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Oliver. And thank you for everybody else who wrote in with similar messages like Oliver saying that we all have to process pain the way we do and there's no right or wrong way to do it. And I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So thank you everyone who wrote in. Okay, but enough about me. Let's move on because we have some important things to say. We have an announcement. Yes. But it's not our normal announcement. No, 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 no. This announcement is that today's episode is the end of season two of By the Book. That's right. We are at the end of season two. We did it. We did it. Yes, we did it. But that's not all. We have even more news And that's that coming soon, we'll have a season three of Buy the Book for all of you. Yay, season three. And just in case you're suffering from any withdrawal between now and season three launching in May, we are going to have a bunch of bonus episodes coming your way every other week. And some of these episodes we need to make with help from you, our listeners out there. It's true. We are reprising some of our favorite bonus episodes from our last hiatus, like the Ask Us Anything episode and the Husbands Tell All episode. So if you have any questions for us, for the show in general, for Cameron, and for the husbands, Brad and Dean, send them our way. Yes, and we know our email address was down for a few days. It is back up again. You can email us at buythebook at panoply.fm. And as always, you can tweet us at buythebookpod, at Jolenta G, and at Kristen Meinzer. And you can even call us. Exactly. If you would like to leave us a question via voicemail, give us a ring at 505-510-BOOK. And, of course, we always love it when you join our Facebook community page. That's where all sorts of listeners, thousands and thousands of listeners, talk to each other, talk to us. Sometimes Brad and Dean weigh in. Sometimes Cameron weighs in. Not just on the episodes, but also on books that you're living by, on what's working for you and not working in your life, and just having conversations about what it means to be human. And always sharing pictures of animals with clothes on. Ugh, we never tire of that. Never get tired of it. So it's cool. true. So cute. Thanks again to everyone who reached out. And as always, Thank you to our producer extraordinaire, Cameron Drew. Thank you, Cam. Thank you for season two. We give a fuck about what you do. We love Cam. Thank you, Cam. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. Bye-bye. That's right. We are at the end of season two. We did it. We did it. Yes, we did it. And guess what? <laughs> We've got great news. I don't know why. I don't know how we want to do this. But don't, you fucking work. But don't freak out. <laughs> okay. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.